there, kitties. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Ash vs. Daddy. <laughs> Ash vs. Evil Dead after show. Tonight, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 6, Tales from the Rift. We'll be talking about the epic showdown between Kelly and Ruby, the new Knights of Sumeria, and of course, Pablo's new abilities. Stay tuned, kitties. <laughs> Destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's going to be a scream! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even embellishing, that's just how I laugh. Guys, so I think Lucretia does a much better Crypt Keeper laugh than I do. <laughs> Well done, well done. Thank you. I was working on that. I should never be allowed in this studio ever again. Anyway, hey there, Ash vs. Evil Dead fans. Welcome back. We are here to talk about Tales from the Rift. Uh, as you may or may not have been able to tell from that intro, uh, with me, as always, is my fantastic panel. To my left, Lex Michael. Hello, that is who I am. Oh, I can hear myself in my head. This is exciting and frightening. <laughs> I'm Lex Michael. That's me. Hello. And to his left, Lucretia Lyon. That is me, and that was my Crypt Keeper laugh. Um, if you'd like more of that, please tweet me, and I'll make you videos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, although we are going to have to keep the puns to a minimum. Only the Crypt yeah. Keeper it gets a pass for me, him and Freddie. They're about the only two. Uh, and I'm Megan Salinas. Uh, guys, we are going to be keeping an eye on the hashtag ABTV Evil Dead for all of you guys watching live. Uh, Lucretia's got you on the live chat. Uh, so thank you all for joining us tonight. Guys, this was an... To say this was an action-packed episode, I feel like is a little bit of an understatement. Uh, but I feel like this was an action-packed episode. What are our initial thoughts so far? Let's start with Lex. I have feelings, man. I have, <laughs> I, like, obviously, one, once again, yet another episode of this show that is an absolute blast. We get a perfect combination of character stuff and hi- hyper-gory, like, super bonkers. What What is wrong with everybody? Monster action, which I, I love. Um yeah, this one. There are elements of this episode that that true to form went in directions that I could not have possibly anticipated, and equally true to form, elements that went where I more or less thought they would, and in a way that I did not necessarily uh, call ahead of time. Yeah, no, big, 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 big thumbs up. Let me quote my mother, who watched this episode with me. I I understood that movie last night more than I did this. <laughs> Um, oh, context, yeah. context is important, I oh, guess. Yeah, yeah what yeah. movie did you watch last night? Lucretia and <laughs> Lucretia's mother accompanied me to a screening of a movie called Are We Not Cats by uh, a writer. So it's a writer-director. He's a good buddy of mine. His name is Xander Robin. We've been friends since we've known each other since middle school, actually. Um, it's his first theatrical feature. It got a, a limited release. It is a, a body horror romance yeah. about people that compulsively eat hair. Trichotillomania. <laughs> it's yeah. super weird. Lucretia actually discovered something that grossed her out in this movie, which is no small task. Yeah, like, as you know, I watch this show, and I watch this show while I'm eating. I watch this show while I'm drinking, obviously. Um, But yeah, like, I, you know, am not grossed out by anything other than tracheotomies. And now, (laughs) hairballs. 
that are turned into disco balls. Hair bricks, man. There's yeah. a hair brick surgery sequence, and it becomes a, a party ornament. Spoil- yeah. so, spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Lucretia, given that context, then, yeah. you're saying that you didn't really get this episode. It didn't do it for you. No, my mom didn't. I, I, liked, this, um, I liked this episode, but, you know, I was in the right frame of mind. Like, and two, like, I love this show, but I was a little... Sad with the turn of events with Kelly, but but like yeah. but like that was one of the things too because I said when Ray was here last week, I said I was like you know I saw the the next week on and I saw Kelly rushing Ruby with the Kendarian yeah. dagger and I said oh no oh no because what that indicates to me is we're due for a, a potentially shocking reversal and we know we know that even the characters that have character shields or ostensible character shields they can still find a way to to pull from us. Yes. So I did I did kind of see something like this coming, but again, they added a wrinkle to it that I didn't anticipate, and it, it augmented it in a way where it's like, and this is too, this is another beautiful gift that this show has. We can keep playing similar cards, and they don't feel like we keep hitting the same thing over and over. We keep finding new ways to play similar cards. Yeah, because both, <clears throat> prior to this season, both Kelly and Pablo had been possessed in different ways. Yeah. She was possessed by Eligos. He got uh, overtaken by the Necronomicon. And then uh, in this season, he we finally get to see him turn into a, a real deadite, quote-unquote. And here... Uh, we we get yet another example of an otherworldly presence possessing Kelly, but it's it's different from Eligas, and this one seems more intent on like the long con, so to speak. Eligas was pretty obvious. I, I feel like this is our Alira, and for you Angel fans out there. Um, yeah, it's like a beloved character dies, yet we still have the actress on because they're mean. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder, right? Because, like, yeah, it could. I don't, and it's so, again, I can't, I, I said too last week, I've given up trying to get ahead of this show at all. Because every, <laughs> every time I try, they, compl- they, they zig where I would maybe zag. And that's why, one of the reasons they, why you keep coming back to this they show. They pull the rug out from under you, and or they hit you with the butt of a shotgun. Exactly. Well, exactly. And so I'm going, like, well, okay, yes, Kelly is. Is di- spoilers, guys. If you haven't watched tonight's episode, maybe hit. Why would put you a, be watching? Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. Put a pin in this, folks, and come back at, at, at half an hour from now. Um, so yes, maybe she is dead, but as far as we know, like so, so was Pablo that one time, and he's okay now. They fixed yeah. it, right? They fixed Pablo, so you could maybe get Kelly to be less dead. I like to believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm wondering if this is. Fixable. If somehow, if we exercise uh, Kaya from Kelly, if that means that then the the thing that's keeping Kelly alive, so to speak, will be gone, and that Kelly will deteriorate and die like almost immediately, or if once Kaya is exercised, oh no, everything's fixed. Look, <coughs> she's functional again. Right. Or do we like do we do what we did with Pablo, where we go into the timeline and pull a version of of Kelly out that's somehow the exact same Kelly, and we're all fine. That's how they do it on the CW, and I'm fine with it. Um, <laughs> Blind Press points out there will be a battle fought for her soul, and Pablo will be the one to save her. That's a... Mm, I love it. Maybe. I love it, Blind Press. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i kind of with you, Lex. I sort of saw this coming a little bit when it became very apparent that Kelly did not have backup. Right. I, I understand her mentality of wanting to go in there as as Ruby puts it guns blazing and just 
quote unquote, take care of the problem uh, in her own way. But at the same time, the, the second they made it clear that she didn't have any other precautions set up or a cavalry coming to to, you know, back her up in any way, shape or form. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't going to end well because you can't fight Ruby. You know, the Kandarian dagger. Yeah possibly can kill her but she's also a demon that's been alive for thousands of thousands of years millennia right so i don't know what coming in guns blazing she was hoping to achieve but i guess just crossing that line of having hurt pablo in that way just it sent kelly over the edge and she's like you know what i'm just gonna roll up my sleeves and take care of this is true. And if and if Ruby was, say, Elagos, right, who was more of a, I think as we established in season one, more of almost like a middle management type of demon. <laughs> if it was any other powerful antagonist, I think Kelly still could have probably pulled it off. But because it is Ruby that she is facing, because Ruby does have not just not just because she's super evil, but she's also she's more powerful and she's also got a, a stronger tactical mind than I think a lot of these other demon antagonists do. Kelly's got a perfect physical match who also has immortality. It's it's very difficult. Yeah, without that backup, especially once Ruby got that that, that move where she was able to essentially hobble Kelly's one leg. I went <laughs> like, all right, we're kind we're kind of done here because even with the grenade, you watched Kelly struggle to make it back across the room <laughs> quickly enough uh, before mm. Ruby could reattach all of her limbs. And like once that move is. Well, you know, once once you're out with one of your legs, right, once you can't move as quickly as you want to, then your enemy with the tactical brilliance and immortality of eons of evil. Like, yeah, they've got they've got the upper hand. You're in trouble. Now, do we think it's possible that this version of Ruby in because there was a little bit of timey wimey, do we think that this version of Ruby retains any memories like whatsoever of the relationship that are the ruby that we lost last season had formed with Kelly or if that's just something she sort of intuits because you get the sense that that connection is still there a little bit obviously not to the degree of the mentor mentee relationship that they once had but and this version of ruby is ruthless but you do see kind of shades in there of respect and you know ruby admiring kelly's potential yeah because not only does she say kelly i hated you the least but she often you know gives her an out um which you wouldn't expect for anybody else and it is interesting that she even says that she's like if you leave now like i'll spare you like she clearly has some sort of affection for Kelly. Right, and two, right, like like that Ruby, because she comes from an earlier point in the timeline, that Ruby still somehow became the other Ruby that we knew. So it does make sense that some of that, or at least the potential for some of that affection, or failing affection, the respect would still exist within her, even if it hasn't been fleshed out in any way. Now, what I'm also wondering is whether or not Ruby throughout the ages has been looking for potential vessels for Kaya. Like, we sort of saw this in season one in her relationship with Jill, uh, where there seemed to also sort of be this affection there. Maybe the whole reason Ruby likes teaming up with stronger with strong women like herself is because she's ultimately looking for a candidate for this former ally, uh, which is what this en- episode ends up becoming. So um. no one told you life was gonna be this way. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what she broke. She mm-hmm. just wants somebody to talk okay. to. Yeah, she's, oh, she's making a friend. She's like Ultron in that yeah. one scene of that movie where he's like, I captured you, Scarlett Johansson, because I don't have anyone else to talk to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what he said. That's yeah. my that's my James Spader. Spader. <laughs> this is how I think James Spader talks. <laughs> Hello, welcome to... Oh, God, what's that show? What's the show? Blacklist. Welcome to the Blacklist. I'm James Spaders, spader in left and right. Anyway. Where did let's go? <laughs> that was a lesson zero attempt. Uh, Lex, uh, Lex disappeared and James Spader was here yeah. for a moment. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. I have to go back to shoot more of the blacklist. Goodbye. Foom, 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 foom. I don't know. Well, hey, guys, what I miss? No. <laughs> I don't know where you went, Lex. <laughs> But you missed some crazy stuff. James Spader was in here. It was insane. What? I missed Spader? You did. That's crazy. It, he made my dreams come true. I love James Spader. Yeah. <laughs> it was uncanny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is probably as good a point as any. We're having fun here. Yeah. Hey, and guys. If you want to have fun, mm-hmm. May, if you want to have fun, if you're, if you're like, wow, hearing that Spader voice just fills me with joy, and I want to experience that. <laughs> Every moment of every day. Look, no, in all seriousness, though, if you do want to have fun, if you want to learn, if you want to grow in all areas of your life, if you do, we've got a podcast for you. It's called Conversations with Maria Menunos. It's the podcast edition. It's hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria Menunos. Drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menunos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Let our Maria be the big sister you've always wanted. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. Be sure to rate and comment, and when you do, let Maria know that it was the folks at ABTV, Ash vs. Evil Dead, who sent you there. Conversations with Maria Menounos, podcast edition. Check it out. As a fan of Maria's books, I know how much you can learn from her. It's nice to have a free weekly podcast to learn even more. The Conversations with Maria podcast covers so many topics and gives us so many life lessons and tips to help you be the best you. Love listening. Yep. And guys... I have to agree. We None of us would be here if it wasn't for the platform that Maria provides this is us. Ab- that is absolutely true. I'm sitting over here giggling, but yes, that is true. And so it it really does. It means a lot when you guys go and support the people who support us. So please, if you haven't already done so, go uh, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and let her know that we sent you that. We sent you her way. I love Maria's celebrity interviews, too. I always learn new things. As a host pursuing my dreams, it's great to have Maria's podcast for all the career lessons as well. Mm-hmm. Way to learn and grow in all areas of your life. My favorite of her books is the one bound in human skin, where when I rub all the bloody ink, she talks to me from the page. From the void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she says, Lex, we can be together. You need to find me a vessel. And I'm like, um... <laughs> Do I get a bump for this today? Like, what's my A? What's my day rate? B? Do I get a bump for abducting people for you? Please, is that like at least a twenty percent increase for the day? And you gonna stab me with a Kandarian dagger so yeah, that you can Im- I can embody about- Maria? And then the Necronomicon lets out this otherworldly howl that splits your soul in two, and you are obliged to just obey it without any backsass. And I'd go, man, I wish Lucretia was here to help me fight this evil. Too bad I stabbed her to death with a Kandarian dagger so that Maria couldn't have it in her body. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm fired. Anyway, where, what and are we doing? And also, welcome back to the show, Maria. <laughs> yep. Hey, guys. Um, so, yes, we, we have this big fight, and it ultimately culminates in Kelly getting stabbed and dying. And yeah, I will I will admit that even though we sort of saw this coming a little bit, it's still it still hurts a lot to see a main character die. Like yes. when Pablo fell to pieces last season, I was shocked. But and then, you know, fast forward here, Kelly out of all of them seems like the least likely to die because she because is the strongest smartest one. Yeah, it's smartest and the strongest. The big difference, I guess, for me, or the biggest difference between her death and Pablo's was that Pablo didn't make a choice. Or I, I perceive Kelly as having made a choice to an extent that Pablo didn't necessarily make. I think Kelly knew... Kelly, I think going back, since she lost her family, I think there's been an, a death wish element to this entire thing for her. Not that so, she wants to die. I think she wants but, to take but out But she much. went in, oh, with the possibility of that and, like, fully accepting that. Right. It's about let's lay waste to as much of this as we possibly can. Consequences be damned as long as the consequences don't damn the world. Yeah. And, and you also get the feeling that if she... If Kelly felt like, oh, if I'm going down, I'm at least going to take Ruby down with me. Right. And there's no, I, I imagine, because Kelly is probably the smartest person on this show, uh, once she's on the ground, once she drops the scissors, once she's putting the pencil into Ruby's neck and knowing full well this isn't really going to do it, yeah, you make a choice knowing if I if I rush you, this could be it, but this is the last tack available to me. Okay, fine. If I'm going to die now, and I'm probably going to die now, at least I'm going to hit you one more time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it doesn't make it any easier to watch. No, no. It, it, it really doesn't, but it's like it, it sits differently with me because like when Pablo was cut in half, that it, it cut my soul right in half, <laughs> you know what I mean? And of course it it hurts it hurts, to, especially because, like, and Dane is so phenomenal in this role, it, it hurts, but it hurts in a different way. Because at least this feels more like Kelly wouldn't have chosen to die, but it feels like she went out on as close to her own terms as is possible under the circumstances. But yeah. Kelly was my favorite. As <laughs> much as um, I love Ash and, you know, in an unhealthy way, I think, but Kelly, Kelly was the brains of this operation <laughs> and the strongest woman... Ever in the Evil Dead universe. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that is a fair comparison. I love you, Mia. Uh, Kelly, but like Kelly's been there for yeah. a little bit longer. And yeah, so I would love Mia in this show, though. Anyway, yeah. that's neither here Our nor hypothetical there. season four, which also is aliens <laughs> and like Ash for president and all that. Yeah. It's One happen. day. But until Mia comes back, yeah, Kelly has been a wonderful element of this show and a fantastic female presence and even as they were fighting i was sitting here going like it's a good thing kelly is the one fighting ruby in this moment because i feel like if ash had come in guns blazing against ruby i know that he's ash and that ultimately he's our protagonist and probably can't and won't die I still feel like Kelly had a better shot of taking down Ruby than he did. Yes. Yeah, it's sad. Ash is like a duck and the water just rolls off him. But even though <laughs> Kelly is way more powerful and smarter and, yeah, what we knew. Yeah. <sighs> it's going to be. And, and again, probably the perfect vessel for this new evil that has entered into the equation. So... Yeah, that's she's probably the the best person Ruby could have picked under the circumstances and the worst person for Ash and company. And 
the thing that really makes me mad about it is that Kelly and Pablo finally kiss. Right. And yeah. now she's dead and a demon. Ugh. Right. Well, um, XXSMC365XX. I did pretty good there. Um, I just hope <laughs> I, I'm just hoping her death is just a big April Fool's joke. I agree. I mean, maybe it is. It is April Fool's. Maybe, guys. Um, so, yeah. Do we have any other thoughts on the Ruby versus Kelly uh, portion of the episode before we move on? I guess my one thing is right, because we still don't know whether or not the show is coming back. So especially given the way. The, the show, obviously, Ash is really the only character that absolutely has to exist for you to have a show. But Ash and Pablo and Kelly, that trifecta, they are this show. And I think that's part of the reason why even when you kill Pablo, even if it makes perfect story sense and it is powerfully affecting, you can't fully, you can't commit to letting Pablo go <laughs> any more than I think you can commit to truly letting Kelly go. But we're this far into the season, and we don't know whether or not this show is coming back next year. That's true. That is what scares the pants off of me. If we knew that this show was coming back, I'd say, okay, this makes perfect story sense. This was affecting, but somewhere in the back of my mind, I assume we're going to get... It's going to work out. We're going to get something closer to our Kelly back. Our Kelly. That's not what I meant. (laughs) The version of Kelly that we have come to love. The version of Kelly who's trapped in the closet. And pees on no one. Pees on no one at all, ever. Ever. No pee where you don't want it. Uh, here at After Buzz, we don't pee on each other. It's very... I'm so fired. Um, so I... Get out. Why do you think our so colors I, are yellow and black? Come on. It's all about uh, peeing here, folks. I'm um, my, my, oh, my Lord. Is, my point is, we don't have the security of knowing we get another season of this show where we're going to want to keep that core trifecta in place somehow. That, that more, more than even them killing her in this episode is what makes me hyper concerned for where this thread is going to end. That's a good point. You know, uh, Blind Press says, I wonder if Pablo will be able to sense something's wrong with Kelly like he did with the knight. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, that's exactly what happened. Like he felt it when, when she, when she passed from this world, he definitely felt it. Um, and you could you could definitely take that moment of him just sensing that something terrible had happened with the night that coming back from the rift. But really, that's kind of more what Ash was to like cued into the the thing that was happening right in front of them. Pablo was the one going. I just felt a disturbance in the force. Something right. just happened. Something not good. Well, and, and I wonder too because Pablo acknowledges that he's been dead before. Like right, like I think wasn't it was last week when he was having his little vision quest. He was like, mm-hmm. "Oh God, am I dead again?" So oh, like, man, right but, so, <laughs> but, right? but so we have precedent within our core trifecta for a character being aware of like, uh, uh, "Yeah, I'm alive again." And yes, you pulled me out of a timeline somewhere, but I I was dead. I have some vague memory of the experience of being dead. So like Pablo's been to the other side and has come back. So we have a character with that experience and like yeah, like uh where is it? Blind press, Lucretia shouted him out before saying there might be a battle for Kelly Soul and Pablo will be the one to save her. The pieces are perfectly in place for them to go in that direction. Well, especially be given that Pablo is now a being of multiple realms, so to speak. He's he's kind of like a gray Jedi, a little light, a little dark, um, and now he's El Brujo Especial. Yes. Great. 
Um, Is that a fear? <laughs> if it's not, it yeah. should be. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about the knights that we get introduced to in this episode, or as I like to call them, Zoe and the Expendable Bunch. Uh, because <laughs> out of all of them, I was like, I know you all have names. But Zoe's gonna be the only one I remember. Is there? We need a, and maybe we just. Oh God, maybe we just call it the Zoe trope, the trope in, the, in Evil Dead, where we get a new member of the group because they were part of another group, and the rest of their group is killed horribly, and now they're a part of our group. <laughs> I mean, maybe that that is that sort of keeps happening. Every every new addition to the group seems to happen because all of their friends and loved ones die. I feel like in hmm. most iterations of Evil Dead, we've got we've gotten it several times. Times in the past couple of years of this show. Yep. Evil Dead yep. 2, we had a version of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't want to be friends with these people. Jill, no. uh, Kelly, Pablo, other Linda. The girl who <laughs> yeah. survived, the hiker in season one who survived for like 30 seconds just to get killed horribly <laughs> 30 seconds that after that. That was so upsetting. But same basic thing. She became part of that group by default because the people she was with died horribly. What I'm worried about is... Um, I feel like they added Zoe because Brandy's not as experienced when it comes to fighting demons. So I feel like they added Zoe because Callie is going to, even though Kaya is playing the long con of like, I'm going to just pretend to be Callie until the opportune moment, uh, sort of playing that. So I'm wondering if that moment where she decides the jig is up or she decides to make her move, that's why we have Zoe here now. Right. Yeah, that tracks. That tracks. I just, yeah. I just really get worried because I'm like, I kind of like Zoe's wide-eyed. Like she's, she's definitely like a knight, and like in like the early days of like wide-eyed, I stand for truth and honor and all this right. other stuff, and I'm gonna fight evil. And... That's why you know she's gonna die next episode. Right. She's and that's, too earnest. And that's the other half of that trope <laughs> is that the person who becomes part of the group then and also then die. dies horribly. At least she's not Slipknot one, two, and three like her partners yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah okay marcus peter and other guy <laughs> the man who I can didn't... climb anything uh. i liked my names uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they they come to ash's house just as he's he and uh brandy are finally connected i like this yeah. i like the pop tart business yeah yeah you can cook those it's just like oh uh, it's something that both simultaneously shows how inept Ash is as a functional human. Right. But at the same time, it's something where it shows that they have more in common than probably Brandy would like to admit. And Pop-Tarts, of all things, are something they can connect on. Right. She's the best cook this house has ever had. Right. And that's where his bar is. <laughs> yeah. toasted you the Pop-Tart. Pop right. Uh, but watching it, but like watching Ash, like, like actually truly appreciate an element of this new domestic situation he finds himself in is nice. Like, yes, on paper, he's the worst possible father there could possibly be. But we also know from, from watching this dude so much, he's got a much bigger heart than even he realizes he does. Watching him very gradually, without making it a point to slide into a, a relationship or rapport with his daughter is like, really? It's weirdly, it's sad sometimes, but it's a little bit sweet also. 
Yeah, as I'll say, this is a lot more sweet than it is sad, I guess, because I can relate. But, um, yeah, like, it is, like, Ash is trying, and that's what's cute, is because you know, and, and two, it's not like Ash, I, I went into this situation knowingly, it's just like, this happened, and this is how he's dealing with it. You, you kind of feel bad for him, but he's trying. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, they're talking about how earnest Zoe is, there's an <laughs> earnestness to Ash being a dad yeah. where um even though he's not going about it in the best way he's genuinely excited that they can connect via pop tarts yeah. like that's the best thing in the world to him he's like i found something to connect with my daughter with the, the line that he has where he's like you know i've been i've been waiting to say this but i'm gonna say it now like daughter like dad like the fact that he says to her mm. he's been thinking this Aww. and he just hasn't said it to her yet because like he Whatever the Ash version of like, oh, warm fuzzies and stuff. Like, he's having it, and that's why he hasn't quite expressed that to her yet. That's really sweet. And it's funny, because yeah. he's still getting the phrase wrong, because it's like father, like daughter. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's just like, yeah, Ash. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. right. And it's <laughs> like not daughter, even, like dad. It's not even, for me, it's not even that he said it. It's that he was thinking about saying it for a while, and now it's like, all right, I'm going to... I'm going to share this with you. It's That's really nice. Yeah, Blind Press says, I love the fatherly chuckle he had when she was yelling about Demon Spunk. <laughs> yeah. and, and okay, right, because, because d- Demon Spunk, um, mm-hmm. but because that, you know, all the stuff that's on her outfit, right, that reminds me too of a moment later in the episode where he comes in and is covered in guts and she looks at him and is just like, again? Mm. Like, in a way, she's also settling into this she's, relationship as yeah, well. adjusting remarkably well. Yeah, that's really cool to see. Yeah, and I I'm looking forward to seeing their relationship develop more. Um and I really do hope that we get more of these very endearing moments. I'm sure this show is going to pull the rug out from under and make me feel sad about it, but at the moment I really like these little tiny glimmers of a nice relationship developing between the two of them. You know, it's bonkers, right? We talk about like and I agree wholeheartedly, but we talk about being excited to see like where this is all going to go. Until and unless we get official news of a renewal, we essentially have we have four episodes left. We have essentially a feature length movie left mm. of all of this, right? So like, and and even then, still like, then you think about even if we do get a renewal, how crazy uh, compact these seasons are. Like, we have to address most of this now in four more half hours. Oh, jeez. And then I start. I go down a rabbit hole in my head of like the storytelling economy on this show being like bonkers impressive. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, like how do. Uh, uh, they'll do it though. I'm sitting here trying to go like, how do they resolve this in a satisfying way? And of course, the first 50 things I think of, they'll come up with something better. I was just thinking about how crappy TV is. Is like good zombie shows that are fun and likable. You only get 10 30 minute episodes. Yep. Yeah, you get 22 of some of these other things, and I'm just like pisses me off where I don't a, know why a lot of other that. shows for whatever reason they feel like they have to pad out that time and they they don't ultimately utilize it i'm not thinking of any specific zombie show regarding that and pacing <sighs> yeah because um, sometimes shows have 22 episodes and then they give you gems where they cross over with scooby-doo but you know <laughs> that's fine <laughs> was that episode animated it was. It was. It was oh, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, like, that's delightful. Um, <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm impressed by your banter, you guys. It feels supernatural. Now, I do have a question. I do have one more question. Was Don Knotts in that episode? 
He was not. Oh, okay, that's the yeah. only thing that, like, if they just put a visual Don Knotts cameo because he was in Scooby-Doo all the time, mm-hmm. that would have been great. Anyway. I like that Megan just talked around what I said. It was just like, I'm not acknowledging that. Get, the, I, get out of here. I told you, yeah. only the Crypt Keeper and Freddy get passes for me when it comes to puns. I'm going to wear my hat and my knife glove next week. And then you can make as many puns as you want. Nothing, like, good luck having a conversation I, with me. Uh, Dare you to. <laughs> and I'm just going to wear a hockey mask and not speak. <laughs> and occasionally at random intervals in the show, just go. <laughs> I dare you both. I you dare I you. <laughs> Lex, you were talking a little earlier about committing to the bit. Oh, dear. Put your money where your mouth is. I got. I know yeah. I had a Freddy glove at one point. I don't know what state it's in currently, but I can try. And, that and sounds mean, like a whole lot of not my problem. I don't mean physical condition no, either. No. I mean like geographic, like United <laughs> States of America. I'm not sure what state it's well, in. I know my little brother is coming, and I think he has ours. So is he going to be here next week? Yeah, he will be. I'm can we put your? Him. Can we put? Uh, can we put him in the hockey mask and the hat and the glove and have him just wander around behind us while we do the show? He'll be he super be slasher. He's like, like, and underneath the hockey mask, he's wearing the Michael mask. I will put yeah. one of the foamy chainsaw hands on his non-glove hand. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're getting a little lost in the weeds before we get the hot off topic button. Let's get back to the Knights of Sumeria. Yes. Because they're toast. We get introduced to them. And yeah, you kind of get the, the feeling that Zoe's the only important one if she makes it to the end of this <laughs> season. Um, and that everybody else was expendable. Again, I feel bad because I, I kind of like her and Dalton was so short lived. I I'm like I look at Zoe and I'm like, please don't kill another woman of color on this show. Yes. I'm glad Linda sort of sidestepped that, but could we not? Right. She, but <laughs> but you notice she's Linda survived by not being on the show anymore. Yeah, she was like, peace. I see this coming. Uh to be fair, do you think she would have been able to stand Ash for another? No. no. And and I wonder like what the the canon reason for her not being there anymore she's is. She's on vacation. It's yeah, right. She was just on vacation for a very long time. Perfectly but, safe. Um, Her husband is uh, now uh, killing Cowboy on Fear of the Walking Dead. Remind me, you told me who her husband was and it blew my mind. uh, Garrett Dillahunt. That's right, that blows my mind. I know, Um, they're adorable. I was like, they're both cool. um, But two, the other reason I feel bad for Zoe is like, yes, she, she lost everybody, but also... She's part of a group where the, the second most competent person in the group is like, Scary Portal? We need a recon team. I'll go. Yeah, I'll when, go alone. When Ash is sounding like the voice of reason, right. you know you're not dealing with a very bright bunch. Right, yes. and it's like, okay, so you guys are part of this ancient order, but like, this is hardcore your first rodeo, huh? This ancient order seems inbred, in my opinion. <laughs> this ancient order seems inept, uh, for sure. I feel bad for her for a number of reasons. Um, one of which, talking about how earnest she is, is she's like, hey, Dalton came to this town. He never came back. He seems to have disappeared. Gary, which mm-hmm. that's really funny thinking that there's a knight named Gary. <laughs> Gary is always a guy who's in for trouble, you know. <laughs> Gary was the one that came to uh, to Elk Grove way back when, who was murdered by Ash's father. He got knocked out by my 75-year-old dad. I love how Ash is bragging about that. Like, yeah, my pops murdered your friend. Yeah. He's 75. What's your buddy's excuse? And I, I love I love that he was, they were like, well, at least he died fighting evil. Like, he died for a righteous cause. Oh, and it's like, no. He died eating spam in a basement, so. 
somewhere. Oh, poor Gary. <laughs> because he was knocked out by Lee Majors. Better, but better or worse than going through the portal and coming back being like the weird assimilator demon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? Like, I don't... Starvation sounds horrible, especially if the last thing you have to consume is spam. I don't know if it sounds more horrible than assimilator demon. Uh, yeah, but at least, in theory, Gary got to die human. And... Not uh, like yeah, a simulator demon. I think this should be a poll on Twitter. How would you rather die? <laughs> starving starving um, while eating spam in a basement or a simulator demon? <laughs> Tweet us your thoughts. Uh. Little, things, little things, right? Like, and I didn't, I wasn't actively thinking about it. Like, we'd get these close-ups of him uh, assimilating different different parts of things he was interacting with. He rips homeboy's head out with his with the spine attached, like leading Ash to comment, like, couldn't you just kill the guy? Yeah. Uh, but then, like, I didn't think about it. But then in another shot, when he's, like, throwing himself around, messing stuff up, the head has become his hand, essentially. Like, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that was you once. Oh, God. Gross. <laughs> oh, that, is, uh, that is a special kind of hell. Oh, man. Right. Yep, and again, talking about this show always trying to do something new, um, like the with the demon designs. This guy, the the knight hops into this uh, rif- into the rift that Pablo opens up and hops back out. Hops, um, and then yeah, he has the ability to absorb other people around him. I think that says a lot. One about how awesome the effects team on this show is at coming up with new ideas for deadites and demons and just about every other sort of evil entity we have on this show everything in between and coming up with new things and also i think it also says a lot about this realm where the dark ones are right now it i think from what we can infer of this guy coming back as an assimilator demon is that it's probably kind of like a legion scenario. Like a we are legion and when the dark ones get... I mean, maybe the reason why Kaya and Ruby were kind of all about ditching them, so to speak, is because all the dark ones wanted to become one or something like that. They're like a cult and they didn't really want to join. They're like, we like being individuals like over here. yeah, Like Benicio Del Toro. (laughs) What? (laughs) In the in the Star Wars that he's in, yeah, that's his whole thing. He's like, I don't want to be an assimilator demon, you guys. I just want to screw you over. Star Wars spoilers. Was I just that what that plot line was about? Totally was about. It was about. I'm Benicio del Toro, and I want some money and to not be an assimilator. Was Snoke demon. secretly an assimilator demon that oh, whole so time? You and notice. You notice. You notice. Right. He's only got his hand on Ray's face for like a second in that one close up. But if he kept it there, her head would be his oh, hand. No! Yeah, why do you think he looks like that? That ain't his diet. It's because he keeps taking on different parts of people. I'm done. I'm done. I'm dropping this. And is a collector. Yes, and that's, it's all the same universe. It's all the same universe. That's what he becomes. He's like, he's like, I don't want to be an assimilator demon. I just want money. And then suddenly, at some point in this gap period, there's a whole movie waiting to be made where he's like, or do I? And then he assimilates that hair and, like, the cape. I mean, it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. A lot can happen between yeah. then and the modern time of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, yeah, that's um, fair. That's my prediction. And if Ruby gets all the Infinity Stones, then oh. they can they can beat back this weird green portal horde. Speaking of the portal, 
I'm real glad that we're just now casually dropping in clips from Army of Darkness yes. into the show. Oh my gosh. It was, uh, well, the, yeah, Evil Dead 2 for sure. He's like, yeah, I've dealt with portals before. It doesn't normally end well. Mm-hmm. Like, let's steer clear of rifts in space and time and or anything else that it might be a rift between. And so, yeah, it's it's hilarious whenever you get to see Ash as the voice of reason. I'm like, hey, guys, riffs are not good ideas. And then Marcus is like, yeah, let me hop in there. And Ash goes, that's not at all what I was referring to. No, okay, bye. <laughs> him, him getting to be the voice of reason, I love the moments where he's like, once he kills the assimilator demon, he turns around and he goes, and that's how you kill a demon. It's not as easy as it looks. And so he's yeah. like, all my friends are dead. But, but it's yeah. like, man, like, Ash, if only you could mark, uh, market this as a lecture tour. Like, this is maybe the only topic in the world that he is qualified to speak authoritatively on and at length. If there's a way for him to market this, he would do a lot better financially than he will <laughs> probably with the Hardware Sex Emporium. Well, that's season four. Ash he just is, goes uh, on the road, lecture tour, teaching kids how that's to fight his, demons. That's yeah. his campaign platform. Oh yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> you want? Yes. Oh, that's <coughs> perfect. Ashley Williams um, for president, y'all. Yeah. Also, I did love this moment where Pablo actually got to wield the chainsaw for a hot second. The grin on the, his face. Was yeah. that the first time he got to chainsaw anything? I think so. It must have been. He was so happy. I think he like he's t- definitely tossed it to Ash a few times. But no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't can't. think he's ever gotten to wield it for himself. He looks so pleased. Correct us if we're wrong uh, in the in the comments below. But like, yeah, I think that's the first time he's actually gotten to wield the chainsaw, even though it was only for a second. But like, oh, he just lit up. I'm waiting for the moment where where Pablo like levels up in terms of the powers that he has because I'm ready for uh, a demon to pop up and for him to just go please I'm El Brujo Especial I'm gonna Kamehameha you it's fine whatever where where he just ascends and he's like Dr. Manhattan essentially (laughs) he just like extends his finger and the dead eye just explodes (laughs) yeah I'm down I'm so down series end I'm so just give me two hours of Pablo hanging out like Tim the Enchanter and Holy Grail. Just give me two hours of Pablo on a mountain just pointing at shit and making it like splash explode. explode. That would be fantastic. Okay, guys, I feel like we're just about wrapped up with uh, tonight's episode. Do we have any final thoughts on uh, this episode or any final predictions for next week? Ooh. And now you're TV predictions. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I don't, so much pressure now. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, uh, I, I guess the, uh, for me, the main question is whether or not Kaya is going to be able to keep the ruse up for very long, or if the second Pablo lays eyes on her, he's gonna immediately call it. Oh, I, yeah, I think Pablo will call it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Pablo could sense without knowing what Pablo can sense that something was very wrong without having any frame of reference for what had just happened to Kelly. So I imagine he of all people, like Ash, clearly Ash saw her and couldn't tell that anything was wrong. Brandy just met Kelly yesterday for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Ruby already knows what's up. Uh, Pablo's going to be the guy who, like, I think instantly is going to go, no, no, this is not right. But you know what I'm really excited for? Mm-hmm. The dance. The dance. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of this show having a knack for continuing to play some of the same cards, but somehow making it feel fresh every time, I don't know about you guys. I feel like I should 
by now see a promo for next week promising me another evil Ash doppelganger <laughs> and go, ugh, this again? But I'm not. I'm sitting here going, ooh, this again? Yes! Hercules! <laughs> it's one of those things where, like... You could very well, depending on how it's executed, it could be something where you roll your eyes and you're like, oh, this old song and dance again. But somehow, Evil Dead manages to play those same beats. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite. Right. This is my jam. Right. You shouldn't be able to do that. And they're, they do and that. They do. And they make it new and interesting every single time. It's like they tracked us through light speed. <laughs> Lucretia, any final thoughts before we wrap it on up for the night? I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. This has been an absolute pleasure getting to chat about tonight's episode. Lucretia, where can we? Uh, where can people go if they want to find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I have a podcast. It's called Mrs. Brightside. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, all where podcasts are found. If not, let me know and I'll put it there. It's a fun little podcast. I've had Megan on there. Lex is eventually going to show it's up. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's called Mrs. Brightside. New episodes every Tuesday. And I have a horror show. So if you like talking about Ash vs. Evil Dead and other gross stuff, let's uh, watch that every Thursday on YouTube and also where podcasts can be found. Hi, Lex. I'm Lex Michael. I'm on all of the social media stuff at the Lex Michael. I also do a podcast with Tari J. Miller. It's called Missing Out. We talk about art, culture, experiences, how these things help shape who we are and why they resonate with us the way that we do. It is wherever podcasts can be found. It is on uh, iTunes, Citric, Google Play, Podbean. It is on Twitter at Missing Outcast. We typically drop full episodes on Tuesdays, mini Missing Out Monday episodes on Mondays. Uh, no new episodes this week because of the holiday. Uh, we recorded one. We put it on a flash drive. A little bunny put in, in an egg and he, he ran away. We'll never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, next week we'll be back. Uh, please come check it out. Uh, we love doing it. We love you. You're all great. Big big kiss. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And clearly, I'm going to have to start a podcast for yeah. Tales from the Crypt or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you guys so so much for tuning in. We'll see you all next week. Bye. They can see me. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Cheers, you later all day. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 